Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Have you ever wondered, why are we so critical? Or more particularly, why am I so critical? My late pastor always told me that the most important thing in life is to keep a right spirit, to cultivate a right heart, to not let things build up in your heart such that roots of bitterness emerge. I think that's a great advice, especially for the day and age we live in right now, a creating me a clean heart attitude, a renew in me a right spirit frame of mind. Why do you think the Lord's Prayer contains the admonition to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Notice the order. God grants us forgiveness for our sins, our transgressions, our failures, so that we can forgive others. I think it's in that order because the chief issue we face in life is forgiveness. It's accepting the grace of God. It's impossible to show God's grace until we do receive it. But I get ahead of myself. I'm Ken Gurley, and it's a privilege to meet with you on Daily Devotions. All of this week, I'm talking about overcoming and finding freedom for the issues that we face. One of the most difficult things in life to overcome is being a fault finder. Do you remember the segment of comic strips where they showed you a drawing and it asked you to find what was wrong in the picture? We tend to delight in finding what's wrong, what's wrong with other people. We show grace to ourselves. We excuse ourselves. We can list a thousand and one reasons why we did what we did or didn't do what we didn't do, but we find it so difficult to show grace to others. And the reason we do so is as old as the Garden of Eden. Why am I so critical? If I was a psychologist, a psychotherapist, I value them, I would probably point you to the latest behavioral research, but I'm not a trained mental health professional. If I was a psychiatrist or neuroscientist, I would probably point you to the latest research on the brain, but I'm neither of those. And even if I was a trained counselor, I would probably take you on a trip through your past, your upbringing, how you learned to relate to people and to your environment. But you really wouldn't want me as a counselor. That's not my gifting. I am a pastor. I don't look for the physical, mental, or emotional reasons for why we do what we do. I want to go to the root of the tree, or in this case, even the fruit of the tree. And I go to the Word of God for the answer. And the answer for why we are so critical goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But before we get to the whys for a critical spirit, I want to look at the what's. What is a critical spirit? To put it simply, it's finding fault. Now, that goes by a lot of descriptions in the Bible. And from a King James perspective, one of them is tail-bearing. These are people who reveal secrets. They are contrasted in Scripture with those who are trustworthy and who will conceal secrets. You look at the three sons of Noah. Ham revealed a secret and was cursed. Shem and Japheth 
concealed and were blessed. Conceal. Isn't that what the mercy seat did on the Ark of the Covenant? It concealed, it covered, it atoned. Is everyone still with me? Another description of a critical spirit in the Bible is murmuring. Oh, it goes by several words in Scripture, complaining, grumbling, to name a couple more. In Matthew chapter 20, the laborers are in the vineyard. They murmured about the master showing kindness to the 11th hour laborers. In Luke 5, scribes and Pharisees murmured against the disciples of Jesus because they fellowshiped with sinners. John 6, Jews murmured against Jesus. Paul said in Philippians 2, we should do all things without complaining and disputing. Simon Peter said in 1 Peter 4, we should be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Murmuring or complaining, I guess, is a respectable sin in the church. Those who think they practice the highest morals, who wouldn't stoop to this sin or that transgression, they frequently visit the pit of complaining. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, we should not be like Israel at Kadesh Barnea. We should not lust after evil things. Then Paul enumerates those evil things, idolatry, fornication, tempting Christ. Those are pretty bad. But notice the fourth thing he listed, murmuring. Murmuring, complaining, fault-finding, a critical spirit. That's the thief of joy. And that's serious business when you think that the joy of the Lord is our strength. A spirit of complaining can steal our joy and rob us of our strength. So first we have the word tail-bearing, second murmuring. Here's the third term for a critical spirit in the Bible, slandering. Now the Bible has many different words for this as well, but a slanderer is a person who spreads false statements with the intent to damage another person's standing or reputation. The slanderer uses lies to inflict harm. You see, part of a critical spirit is recognizing a few things about ourselves that left to the flesh's own devices, we will slander others. I guess it makes us feel better about ourselves to try to drag someone else down. We will step into the role of the accuser of the brethren, the slanderer of the righteous. Left to our carnality and our flesh, we will gin up negative things about other people, either to make us feel better about ourselves or to try to drag others down. It can be rooted in envy, jealousy. They have it, I don't, so I will pull them down. Solomon said that lying lips are a sure sign of hatred, and that lying lips will destroy friendships. Simon Peter said it. You and I, as believers, we need to put aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. That these are, he said, the works of the flesh, not of the Spirit. Are we doing okay out there right now in our daily devotion crowd? I, I'm talking about some difficult subjects, tail-bearing, murmuring, slandering, and I'm trying to answer the question, why do we have a critical spirit? Why are we so critical? 
There's one more indication of a critical spirit. It's fault-finding. There's a little judge in each of us. There's a little Pharisee in all of us. Left to our own devices, we become little judges, little centers of authority within ourselves. Jesus said, it would really be good for us to address the log in our own eye before we address the dust in someone else's eye. But we're blind to our own problems. We are cognizant of everyone else's flaws. James said that to the one who shows mercy, there is mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I love that, James 2.13. Why? Why do we find fault? Why do we complain and slander? Why do we spread secrets and even lies? Where does that critical spirit come from? It could be answered from our own flesh, our own sinful nature, but also from the insecurity, the immaturity, the unrenewed mind. It could come from just bad company, pride, narcissism, the enemy of our souls, and the list goes on and on. But I think I can answer where it comes from and how to get rid of it by taking you back to the two trees in Eden. There were two trees in that garden, and they contrast very nicely. Flesh versus spirit, death versus life, rules versus relationship, me versus others, the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can pretty much tell when someone has been eating from the wrong tree. If you eat from the wrong tree, you become obsessed with yourself, with your own appetites. You are blinded to the needs of others. People that eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they have their own rules that they insist you live by, but they themselves will ignore. They're ready to throw the book at you and become judge, jury, and executioner rather than reaching down and picking you up. Do you remember Second Peter, the first chapter, how he described that we have everything we need to live an overcoming life, that we have been made partakers of the divine nature. We are eating figuratively from the tree of life. He goes through the list of what does a person look like that's eating from the tree of life. Add to your faith one successive thing after another until it ends up with love, the crowning virtue of them all that the chief indicator you've been eating from the right tree, that you are partaking of the divine nature, is that your faith leads you to love. If it doesn't, then we're eating from the wrong tree. But listen to the chief apostle. If you do this, if you partake of the divine nature, if you eat from the right tree, you will never fall. You'll be effective. You'll be fruitful. You'll never stumble. You'll receive a rich and rewarding welcome into his everlasting kingdom. But if you don't do this, you're nearsighted, you're blind. You forget that you yourself was cleansed from your past sins. Why are we so critical? Quite simply, we're eating from the wrong tree. How can we change? We need to eat from the right tree, the tree 
of God's wonderful pardon, love, and grace. The goal is not to become less critical. The goal is to become more gracious. We displace judgmentalism with grace. We displace darkness with light. And where does that happen? It happens in your own heart. Jesus said in Luke 6, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, while the evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. And here's that that wonderful statement, for from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Critical words come from a critical heart, and a critical heart comes from someone who has never fully experienced sheer amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Because recipients of grace will bestow grace. God, open the eyes of our heart. Let us see our own failure. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Take me back to that tree of life. Take me back to Calvary. Why am I so critical? I've been eating from the wrong tree. I want to step back in to the presence of the Lord, and I want to deliberately choose the tree of life. I want to partake of the fruit of the Spirit. I want Christ's nature to be on the inside of me. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I'm not conformed to this old critical world. It can happen. It can happen through you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.